On his second day on the witness stand, Najib Razak continued to plead his innocence. He did nothing wrong, he said. In fact, it was the prosecution's witnesses who were wrong and rude and out for revenge. The ex-Prime Minister also denied ever having a close relationship with Joe Lowe or Nick Faisal. As for the billions that ended up in his personal bank account, he asserted it was nothing more than donations from the Saudi royal family, and he had given it all back, most of it anyway, because the massive amount had made him uncomfortable. By the Malaysian insight, this is the people versus Najib Razak. Follow us into the courtroom where it all happens. I'm Patrick Teo. The court complex was relatively quiet as Najib walked in this morning. Gone was the crowd of supporters who came to cheer him on yesterday when he took the witness stand for the first time. There were no fans asking for selfies or to pray for him, so the former Prime Minister, dressed in a black suit and red tie, made his way up to Judge Naslan's courtroom uninterrupted. He took his place in the witness stand as the judge walked in. Then, slowly as ever, Najib resumed reading his statement in Malay. His voice rang familiar for many Malaysians who have heard his speeches while he was in office. The accused ex-Prime Minister picked up from question 102 in his witness statement, how a second government guarantee was provided so that SRC could get another 2 billion ringgit loan from KWAP. Najib said that he disagreed with the testimony given by former Deputy Finance Minister Husni Hanatsla. You might remember Husni. He was the prosecution's 56th witness and a man with a bone to pick with the former PM. Angrily, he had told the court that Najib had blocked him out of matters concerning SRC and 1MDB because he had raised concerns. On top of that, he had been accused of corruption and sexual harassment, and he believed that Najib was behind these allegations. Today, Najib said that he had not tried to hide anything from Husni, and not in particular the transfer of ownership of SRC from 1MDB to Minister of Finance Inc. or MOF Inc. By the way, as Minister of Finance at the time, Najib owned MOF Inc. He told the court that he had left it to the then Treasury Secgen Matnor Nawi to inform Husni about the transfer of ownership. Whether he did so or not, I don't know, Najib said. He said that the cabinet had unanimously agreed to back the second loan to SRC because the company's objectives were in line with the country's development goals. He reiterated that his only interest in SRC was to ensure that it carried out its objectives to benefit the nation. He never had any personal or financial interest in the company, he said. Najib said he abhorred claims that the cabinet had been nothing but a rubber-stamping body, that it only approved the government guarantee to SRC because the initiative received special attention from the Prime Minister. This would be an insult to the members of government administration, he said. He added that it is not unusual for cabinet ministers to express their disagreement with the Prime Minister's recommendations. In fact, he said, this is what cabinet discussions are for. 
Many witnesses in this trial had earlier testified to how Nick Faisal Arif Kamil was seen as Najib's spokesperson in SRC. Everything that Nick said, the company had taken as instructions from the then Prime Minister. Najib today dismissed this as falsehood. That was not how MOF Inc.'s companies were run, he said, adding that it is clear now that Nick Faisal had manipulated both sides. He pointed out that SRC's former chairman, Ismi Ismail, was wrong for never having checked or confirmed instructions with him. Najib said that SRC's board would have been negligent to blindly follow whatever the CEO said. The former PM said he had no idea that Isan Pradhana had been appointed as SRC's corporate social responsibility partner or that 250 million ringgit had been allocated to run the CSR activities. He was also completely in the dark about the 123 million ringgit that was transferred out of SRC into Isan, he said. Besides, he never instructed Nick Faisal to move any money. In any case, these matters were not within the scope of work for the Prime Minister, Finance Minister or Advisor Emeritus, he said, all of which were, of course, positions Najib had held. The prosecution's case is that the 123 million ringgit from SRC's account, which is part of the 4 billion ringgit loan from KWAP, was moved into SRC's subsidiary, Gandingan Mentari, and from there into Isan Pradana. 42 million ringgit from Isan then ended up in Najib's private and bank accounts. Today, Najib said that he only found out about Gandingan Mentari when the issue about the 42 million ringgit was reported in the news. Addressing Husni's complaints that he had felt like a mere office boy despite being the deputy finance minister, Najib said that it was comedic. If Husni had thought that SRC needed some attention during this time, the former PM continued, then he had failed to carry out the duties expected of his office by simply following instructions and not speaking up. Najib said he believed that Husni's testimony was nothing more than an act of revenge intended to make him look bad. While reading his statement, Najib paused every now and then to have a drink of water and to wipe his forehead with a handkerchief. It must have been more out of habit than actual perspiration because the courtroom was cold. The air conditioning was turned up high. The next chapter of his 293-page witness statement was on the fugitive businessman Lo Tech Joe or Joe Lo. Yvonne will tell you about this part. It's a lot, so bear with us. Najib said that he first met Joe Lo in 2007 through his stepson Riza Aziz. He believes Riza came to know Joe through Joe's brother Lo Tech Zen, or better known as Zen Lo. He said that it was Joe's good relationship with the royal families of the UAE and Saudi Arabia that had impressed him and inspired his confidence in the young businessman. He described to the court how Joe had arranged several meetings between him and members of the Saudi royal family, such as Prince Turki and later King Abdullah himself. Joe had told Najib that King Abdullah was very impressed with Malaysia's ability to practice moderation and its fair treatment of both Muslims and non-Muslims in the country. 
During his official visit to Saudi Arabia in January 2010, King Abdullah had bestowed on Najib what the former PM described as the highest gift from the country to a civilian. The award was the King Abdul Aziz Order of Merit, first class. This award has also been given to President Barack Obama and President Vladimir Putin. Najib said that King Abdullah had personally told him he would support efforts to forge closer ties between Malaysia and Saudi Arabia for the purpose of eradicating terrorism. Then sometime in mid-2010, he said, Joe told him that King Abdullah wanted to show that support in the form of a personal donation. Najib said he did not know the exact amount of that donation or when it would be transferred. He only knew that it would be handled by King Abdullah's son. Between 2011 and 2014, Najib said, he received a large amount of money which he believed were the promised donations from King Abdullah. Joe Lowe had acted as liaison, the former PM said, and he believed Joe managed these donations on behalf of the Arab royal family. He said that with this donation in mind, he didn't know how much and Joe said could be up to 200 million US dollars, Najib decided to open new bank accounts. He said that he had intended to use this money for his own CSR initiatives and did not want it to be mixed with his other income. He said he opened the new bank accounts at MBank after Joe had suggested it and the businessman introduced him to MBank's then-managing director, Chia Guang. If you remember, Chia had described to the court how he had met Najib at the latter's Langa Duta residence after hours. Jolo was present at that meeting and it had been agreed that the account would be opened under a code name which was M Private Banking MR. Najib said today that he had disclosed to Chia that he wanted to open new bank accounts because he was expecting donations from the Saudi royal family. He said he told Chia to make sure all rules and regulations were complied with and to make all the necessary reports. He said that sometime later, in a conversation with then Bank Nagara Governor Zeti Aziz, the central banker had indicated that she was well aware of the incoming funds. Najib said that he was relieved to know this. Najib said that he never authorized Joe Lowe to handle his Ambank account ending with 694. He also denied knowing that relationship managers Joanna Yu, Daniel Lee and Crystal Yap were appointed to manage the accounts. He said that he had left it to his former aide, the late Aslin Alias, and had directed Aslin to liaise with Joe to confirm when the donation would be transferred. He said he was later informed that Aslin had delegated this task to Nick Faisal. The former PM said that he needed someone else to manage his bank accounts because he simply did not have time. He had so many responsibilities as Prime Minister, Finance Minister, AMNO President, Barisan National Chairman and Member of Parliament for Pekan. He just could not afford the time to manage and monitor his bank accounts, he said. With that, the court broke for lunch. After lunch, Najib said that he did not know Nick Faisal personally. He also denied that Joe Lowe was a close friend. This contradicted with many of the prosecution witnesses' testimonies we have heard over the past few months, 
A majority of them described how both Nick Faisal and Joe Lowe were basically Najib's proxy in almost all matters concerning SRC and 1MTB. It was the late Aslin Alias who had appointed Nick Faisal to manage the M-Bank account, Najib said. Aslin must have delegated this task due to his own heavy workload, the former PM said. He said he only found out that Nick Faisal was a close associate of Joe's after it had been reported in the news. Beyond the opening of the accounts, he never discussed any other details about them with Joe Lowe, and he certainly did not talk about them with Nick Faisal. But did you receive bank statements for the accounts, the lawyer asked. No, Najib said. He never received the statements and had assumed that Aslin kept them. It was only much later when he found out that Joe had possession of them without his approval. Najib went on to talk about the Tanor Finance Corporation, the shell company registered in the British Virgin Islands, through which some 2.6 billion ringgit is said to have moved through, later ending up in Najib's bank accounts. Yvonne will tell you what he said. While reading this portion of his statement, the former PM seemed to struggle to pronounce the word Tanor, saying it as Tanore at first and had to be corrected by his lawyer. Referring to a letter dated March 1, 2013, Najib said that the letter had confirmed that King Abdullah had transferred a sum of 800 million US dollars as a gift, which the ex-PM could spend at his own discretion. The money came from a company called Tanor, he said, which he believed at the time belonged to the Saudi royal family. Najib said that he was made to understand that M-Bank and Bank Negara knew who sent the letter, and that assured him of its legitimacy. He said that in July 2013, he was told that his M-Bank account ending with 694 had a balance of about 2.1 billion ringgit. That vast amount made him uncomfortable, he said, and he was worried that the information would be leaked out and used against him politically. So, he decided to send back a large chunk of the money that was not spent, 620 million US dollars, which at the time amounted to about 2.02 billion ringgit. He said he kept 162 million ringgit, which he transferred into another M-Bank account he had opened in August 2013. He said that he had instructed Aslin to handle the transfer. The money was returned in several tranches. Najib said he does not know why it was done that way. Could be because transferring such a massive amount could destabilize the ringgit. Then, at about 3.50pm, Najib's lawyer asked for court to be adjourned, pointing out that Judge Nazlan had a meeting to attend at 4pm. The judge agreed and ordered for the trial to continue on Monday. This podcast is produced, written and mixed by Rivati Supramaniam, Yappik Kwan and Yvonne Lim. Additional reporting by Ravin Palanisami. I'm Patrick Teo.